Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma, and I'm so pleased to have you here with me today because, yes, once again, you think that these guests can't get any better than they are, and they're all wonderful and special in their own unique ways, but we have another absolutely terrific guest for you today. Before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcasting platform because you don't want to miss out on any of these guests that we have lined up because they're all, like I said, absolutely terrific in their own way and so much fun to talk to. I think I have the best job in the world getting to sit down and talk to some of my very favorite authors. You can also follow Christian Historical Fiction Talk on social media, so find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're there. We have conversations about books, and you don't want to miss out on that either. I will also post links to the episodes there, so you can find out more about the episodes that way as well. And sometimes I even put up a little teaser about who's coming up next, so watch out for those. If you would like to find out more about today's guest, about her book, and about where you could buy the book, then please head over to my website, which is liztolsma.com, and there you will find all that information right at your fingertips in the show notes. So be sure to check that out after you've listened to the episode. Okay, that does it for all the introductory information, and we are ready to get to today's guest. She is an author, a blogger, and an occasional superhero when her cape is clean. She's also a mom of four, a word nerd, and a dog lover, especially boxers. And she has a 60-pound brindle named Miss Ada Claire, and that name comes from a Dickens story. Extra credit if you know which Dickens story that is. She's going to come on in just a minute and introduce herself and tell you a little bit more about herself, but I am so pleased to have Michelle Greep as our guest today. Welcome to the show, Michelle. We're so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I have been looking forward to this chat for quite a while, so... Why don't we start off with you just telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, I'm a writer. Surprise, surprise. I mostly write historical romance and suspense and kind of a adventure, you know, conglomeration. Generally set in England. However, I have done a few colonials and even did co-author a contemporary, believe it or not. So that was a lot of fun. I live in the frozen tundra of Minnesota for now. We are currently looking to move, so we might be headed a little more south. Not like south-south, because like Africa hot, that's too hot for me. But we want to we want to leave the big city behind, and we're going to be homesteaders, doggone it. These two city folk are going to figure out which end of a chicken lays an egg and what to do with maybe a goat or a pig or something i don't really know it'll be it'll be an adventure that sounds like a lot of fun actually <laughs> something that i would love to do and welcome neighbor i didn't know you were in minnesota i'm in wisconsin so oh are you okay where at yeah. where are you uh, we're in northwest of milwaukee so oh, okay gotcha yeah gotcha and, and you're 
Minneapolis I'm, area, I'm assuming, yeah. since you said big city. Yep. Yep. Minneapolis. Well, maybe we can, you know, kind of lure you down to Wisconsin a little bit. Actually, my daughter is, as I said, is getting married in June and she's getting married in Wisconsin. Good for her. <laughs> Turn it out right, huh? Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, your latest book is The Thief of Blackfriars Lane. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that book? Okay, so I got the idea from a little bit different place than I usually do. The family and I were went to a drive-in. This was, I don't know, several years ago. And as is always the case, they usually, not always, always usually, I don't know. I don't go to drive-ins that often, but I think they show like kid movies first because then the kids will go to sleep and then the adults can actually watch the movie they really want to see which is why we were there, because we really wanted to see the second movie, not the first. But the first movie was Zootopia, which is a kid's animated movie. And I had popcorn in front of me, so whenever you do that to me, I'm going to watch a movie and eat my popcorn, which is what I did. And I totally got sucked into that story. It was really well done. Like, the plot (laughs) was great. And I don't say that about kid movies like ever, except for Shrek, which I love, but <laughs> side note. So I thought, oh, I am totally going to rip off that plot and somewhat, not completely, but set it in Victorian England instead of in uh, this made up land of Zootopia. And then I also added in a little bit of another favorite show of, of mine and my husband's is a, it's, it's not on anymore. It was called Burn Notice. And it's a series about a spy who gets outed as a spy, but has lots of action and lots of tips, kind of like, now, if you want to be a spy, you want to make a bomb out of a shoelace, here's how you do it and such. (laughs) So I kind of combine the two. So Thief of Blackfriars Lane is a a mashup. Zootopia has a, a rabbit and a fox as the main characters, which I couldn't do. So, uh, and also the female male roles I had to flip to be accurate historically. So all that to say, my hero is Jackson Forge, who's going to go to London and whip those streets into shape, doggone it. And my heroine is the con artist who's who's going to mess him up and get him in trouble. And yet they both need each other to solve the case that he's working on and she's tied into. So that's where I got the whole idea from and a little bit about the story. Oh, that's really cool. I love that a kid's movie inspired this book because, I mean, clean fiction read, it definitely is, but kid's book, it definitely is not. Right. There's a lot of suspense and action in it, for sure. There is, although there's like a lot of, this is probably one of my, my more, even though it has some mm, serious topics, it does have a lot of lighthearted moments in it as well. That's true. It does. It, it's a fun read, a really, really good read, and one that I just whipped right through because I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> to tie into that, there's a show, it was on Netflix, I don't know if it still is, but Enola Holmes. Have you heard of that? I have not, no. It is, Enola Holmes is the made-up younger sister of Sherlock Holmes, and she's like, I don't know, 16, 17-ish, and she gets into her own adventures, or should I say misadventures, and she reminds me a lot of Kit, Kit Turner in my story. So check it out. It's a good movie. Okay, we'll have to do that. What I really loved about the book was sort of the way that you flipped the characters, that it was the hero who was the safe, careful, 
straight line, straight laced law abiding person. And it was Kit, your heroine, who, like you said, was sort of involved in this case that Jackson was working. And you said that you had to do that to fit with the times. Can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah. So Zootopia, it's the, you know, the, the police bunny who's going to go and, and whip the streets into shape. But back in 1870s, there were no women policemen. So I had, I was kind of forced into having the male character be the policeman, which left Kit to be the con artist, which was actually kind of fun. She got to be, take, you know, a lot more risks than most Victorian women would. So it was fun to flip them around. Was it really a lot of fun then to get to write Kit because she was so different from all of your heroines? It was super fun. And I think the thing I enjoyed the most was the dialogue, the street slang, the language of the day, which a lot of it was historically accurate, but I had a little leeway and made up a few of my own to throw in there. So there's a little Easter egg for those of you historical buffs. Which of those slang words were real and which did I make up? Ooh. <laughs> now I have to go back and read it again so that I can try to pick those out. It'll be hard. It'll be hard because some of their slang words, I'm like, are you kidding me? This is a real word? What? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. And I just love how it added to the air of authenticity about the book. And at first, I thought Kit was going to be the antagonist. Uh, and that was she always your heroine? She was always intended to be your heroine? She always was. Yep. So you always had a plan for how to redeem her in the end. I did. That I did. The trick is getting there to redeem her. I always have these grandiose ideas and then I sometimes pull them off and sometimes don't. But <laughs> this time I did. I think you did very, very well because by the end I, I got her, I understood her and I was rooting for her and perfect. I won't give away any spoilers about the end, but <laughs> okay. <it's> like, yay. <laughs> uh, she was fun. She's feisty. And I like that. You mentioned that you set books in England. Why is that? Why do you pick England to, to write so many of your books? You know, that is a good question. I, I'm an Anglophile at heart and always have been. And I don't know why. Uh, I, God must have put it in there for some odd reason. I am part English. So I've got it in my DNA. Maybe my ancestors are calling to me. I don't know. I adore England. I adore everything about it. If I could move there, I would say see a US and be out of here in a flash. But I don't think they'll let me in right now. Probably not. If ever. (laughs) So, yes, but I love England. So, you've been there before? I have, yeah, many times, which is awesome. Yeah, I am jealous as a bit of an Anglophile myself. I am a bit jealous. I will have to get there someday. Yeah, it's really marvelous. It's really marvelous. (laughs) (laughs) You have such rich settings. All of the books that I've read by you, I just love the settings, the feel of them. It's more than just the words on the page, but the feel that you create and the atmosphere that you create, and as well as your characters. They're so detailed down to their descriptions. There was one minor character. I I can't even remember his name. I think he was like, wasn't there a fairy driver or something like that in this book? Yes. Yes. I think that's who it was. And the description of him was just so absolutely marvelous. I thought my characters are 
so run-of-the-mill in comparison to yours who are so unique. I'm just like Dickens, my goodness. <laughs> oh, is that where it comes from? Because I'm wondering, like, how do you come up with such rich settings and such detailed, marvelous characters? Well, Dickens is one of my favorite authors. I haven't read them all, but I love his descriptions. His, they just make me smile, and they're so unique. So I would say, I would say Dickens. I, of course, have other favorite authors. Charlotte Bronte, one of my all-time faves. Jane, a little Jane Eyre atmosphere you now infiltrates mm-hmm. my writing quite a bit <laughs> because I have that one pretty much memorized. So yeah, I would I would have to say it's just other authors that inspire me. Whenever I read a book, I just finished one the other night. I I'm one of those monsters that dog ears and highlights and really destroys my books. But I'm doing it not just for research, but just well for love of words. I will find beautiful sentences, and I just I'm like a sentence collector. So I'll highlight them, and then I have like a notebook that I write. I just write down beautiful sentences, and then. When I'm writing myself, if I'm in a funk or stuck for an idea, I'll just go and read some of those sentences and often that will spur me back on track so that I can come up with something fresh. Oh, I love that because I think every author is a lover of words and how words are put together and how word pictures are created. And that's a great idea. I may have to steal that and start like a beautiful sentence notebook or something like that. You totally should. I think it was Picasso that said good, good artists copy, great artists steal. Yes. And I have to say that I was writing a book while I was reading yours and I kind of went back and I thought, I've got to write this a little more in the style of Michelle Greep, you know, and just make it really rich and detailed and I have to say my editor was quite pleased. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank goodness, not me. <laughs> and all the other authors that I've copied sentences from have inspired me. Now, you've mentioned you write everything from colonial to Victorian and even contemporary. Which is your favorite time period to write? Ooh, that is really tough. I would say anything historical. Not a super huge fan of contemporary even though it was fun. I did it with a co-author, so it was fun. But I would say what I know the best is like 17, 1800s. So that's probably the easiest era for me to write in, just because I've done the research. Not that I'm an expert researcher, but have done a lot in that era. I also like medieval and I like Viking age. So those are a lot of fun too. So hopefully I did do a medieval and a Viking age way back when would like to do more Vikings in the future at some point. Oh, I'd love to see some Viking. I've learned that I have some Viking heritage in me. And so that would be so much fun to read. Yeah, Yeah. I'll get to it one of these days. Okay, we'll hold you to that. Okay. (laughs) So many authors who come on the show tell me that they are history nerds. And some of the least nerdy people you would ever think, you know, they claim to be history nerds. Do you fall in that category too? Absolutely, without a doubt. So I'm the sort that in junior high, I didn't go to like camp with all the other kids or hang out with my friends, whatever. I went to poetry camp, which was eight hours a day, every day for a month of studying and writing poetry. So that's the kind of nerdy nerd I am. Oh, that sounds like a fabulous experience. I would have been right there in the chair next to you. <laughs> it was great. Yep. 
you just hinted that you have some breaking news for us. What is it? Spill. I do. I have a little bit of news concerning the Thief of Blackfriars Lane, since that's what we were talking about. And that is the project I'm currently working on is the Bride of Blackfriars Lane. So there is more Kit and Jackson in the future. They will be having more shenanigans together for you. So that's my news. Oh, that's wonderful. Yay. More of Kit and Jackson. I just, like I said, I loved them so much. So to get more of them, very good. Extra bonus. Yay. Yeah, that'll be fun. So I've got another series I'm working on also. So that that's my, ne- my next book that comes out is, won't be Bri. That'll be a different book, but it'll come out after that. Okay. So what is it that you're working on now then? So I'm currently, I am working on Bride right now. I just started working on it, but I just turned in the next book. Next release I have is in November and that will be Lost in Darkness. And this is the first book in a very loosely tied series called Of Monsters and Men. And so Lost in Darkness is the tale of a man that is super deformed. He's been deformed by birth. And so he is seeking help from this doctor who's who's promising this miracle surgery. And he ends up worse off than he was. So it's going to be the inspiration for Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So Lost in Darkness is a a direct quote from, from Frankenstein. So the the deformed man isn't the hero, but the surgeon's assistant is, and the the deformed man's sister is the heroine. So that's what Lost in Darkness is all about. And Mary Shelley happens to be their neighbor, so that will be her inspiration for the creature that Frankenstein creates. Oh, love it! Absolutely love it! And there you go again, gothic. Yes, very dark, very gothic, but but with a lot of hope. And is that what you try to infuse through all of your stories? Because they all do sort of have that gothic feel yeah. to them in a way. They do. I'm drawn to, I don't know why, I'm just drawn to creepy things. But it always has to end with hope and, and have hope intertwined with it. Otherwise, it's too dark and depressing. Nobody needs that much negative energy, right? So forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. If listeners would like to connect with you, where can they find you? I am all over the place, literally. You can find me pretty much anywhere. The first place you can look for me is my website, which is just my name, michellegreep.com. So I try to post every Friday on my blog there, but that's where you can find out news about books and such. Facebook, Twitter, although I rarely tweet sometimes. I don't know. Not very often. MeWe, that's the new one. New, that's the new social media kid on the block. I haven't done very much there, but would like to, but you know, so many minutes in a day. Um, where's my, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest. I always make a board for my books. I'm on, on Spotify. I always make a playlist for my books and I make those public. So if you want to have some background music while you're reading one of my books, just go on my playlist and you'll find the title of the book and, and the soundtrack for it. Just in case there's any, you know, Hollywood producers that want to take me on, I've done all their work for them. I've got their soundtrack. <laughs> so yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so those Hollywood producers, when they come knocking on your door about the Thief of Blackfriars Lane, yes, who's going to play Kit and who's going to play Jackson? Ooh, boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? I don't know. On my Pinterest board for Kit, I just found this model 
that only had like two pictures out there and I didn't even, I couldn't even find out what her name was. So she just looked sassy. That is really tough. Who's that Marvel character, the Black Widow? Like, I can't think of what her name in real life is. Maybe she'd be good. I'm so bad with uh, names. Well, you know, I asked you that question and then when you answered, I was just going to, you know, sort of nod and smile like I knew who you were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm up for I'm up for suggestions. If if people have ideas, that might be a good thing to leave a comment about. (laughs) Who should play Kitten Jackson? I'm game for whoever. Definitely. So hear that, listeners. When you go to my website to find this episode and all the show notes and everything down at the bottom, answer the question, who would play Kit and who would play Jackson? Let us know. Yeah. Hollywood needs you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have any last words for the listeners? Let's see. Well, definitely keep reading because it's the readers that keep us writing. Oh, who am I kidding? I'd be writing anyway, even if nobody was reading this stuff, just because I love to write. But I do love to read. So read, 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 I guess. That's that's what I would say. And all I can say to that is amen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, as always, the time has flown by way, way too fast, but you've been a great guest. And thank you so much for taking the time out to come and chat with us. And we will have to have you back. We'll be looking for your next couple of books. They all sound fabulous, as always. Thank you for having me. It's super fun to be here. Well, don't you just hate it when we run out of time like that? I know Michelle and I could have sat and chatted for quite some time yet. And We definitely will have to have her back someday because the next several books she has coming out sound absolutely terrific, and you know she's not going to disappoint. If you would like to find out more about Michelle and about her books, like we said, please be sure to go to my website, liztolsma.com. You'll find the show notes there, and you'll be able to find out more and have a very handy-dandy purchase link for The Thief of Blackfriars Lane. Next week, we have another author that I had been dying to have on the show and finally got arranged to talk to her, and that is Heidi Chevaroli. She's going to be here talking about her new book, The Orchard House, which has to do with Louisa May Alcott. So Louisa May Alcott even appears in the book. If you are a fan of Louisa's and her writing, especially Little Women, like I know many of you out there are, then you're not going to want to miss that episode with Heidi Chivaroli coming up next week. Be sure to join us then. I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time out of your day to listen and to support this podcast. I appreciate all of you. Thank you once more, and we will see you next time. 